0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaky Powerful podcast. This is Ali Capuro, and I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode of Sneaky Powerful, I interview Dr. Abby Blakesley. Abby integrates somatic experiencing with clinical research, the psychobiological principles of attachment, psychodynamic therapy, and somatic body work in her practice and her teaching. She has conducted original research on the role of implicit memory in somatic experiencing with a committee that included Dr. Daniel Siegel. Dr. Blakesley holds a master's of arts in counseling and depth psychology and a PhD in clinical and somatic psychology. She is interested in the intersection between neuroscience, current trauma research, and the psychobiological principles of somatic experiencing. Dr. Blakesley currently resides in Bozeman, Montana with her husband, two young boys and a young daughter. She focuses on providing faculty level, individual and group consultations to all levels of somatic experiencing students, teaching SE trainings and somatic workshops and presenting at professional conferences. I'm really excited for you to get to hear Abby's brilliance, experience, wisdom and heart in this interview. So, let's get to it. Hi
1: and welcome Abby.
0: <laughs>
1: Hi Allie, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> it's beyond my pleasure. It's it's so thrilling, truly. So, the first thing I want to say to you besides welcome is when we were doing our pre-call, <laughs> we were talking a little bit about naturalness, the naturalness of SE and rhythms. And it connected immediately with some of the things I was thinking about before today as I was preparing. And one of them is I remember, so I, I met you in, 2000, in September 2017. And I was already hooked to SE, but watching you in front of us students, watching how you moved, literally like soaking it in helped my nervous system understand how to be on this planet possibly for the first time ever and i'm going to go specifically because of i had a resource today that i thought of you i saw uh, my daughter it's like bring flowers to, to your favorite teacher, or to someone at school. So we cut some daffodils last night, she did actually, and put them in a little jar and tied a bow. And she was talking to me about who she was going to give them to. And I was watching her, she's pretty shy at out in the world. So watching her with these flowers walk up to the door of school, I just took in that moment and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a resource. And I learned that from you. When you so how old would your daughter have been in 2017 or eighteen maybe? She was three. So I remember watching you think of her calling her image up and you just stopped and you you just uh, what would you have said? something about the sweetness of her. you real and and I could feel it. And it was like, again, for the first time I understood, Oh that's how a resource works. Cuz it can get so mm, theoretical maybe or for me <laughs> theoretical or abstract and to see it embodied then I could embody it. Perhaps I'm giving away my codependent nature but that's okay.
1: <laughs> well you're you're talking about resonance. Mm. Yes. Which is, again, one of those natural rhythms that we all have the blueprint to access. We come into the world with that. And, And that imprinting, that patterning that, you know, ultimately connects to all the rhythms of nature and the rhythms of being and the rhythms of embodiment and consciousness You know, all of that at the core sense of the self, it's it's right there. So what you're describing, I think of just a a natural openness to the resonance. And that's how we learn, right? Absolutely.
0: It's kind of stunning me right now that that would have been, and it probably wasn't the first time I'd come across someone embodied, but it's kind of striking me, maybe... I don't want to do generalizations, but just how maybe I'm looking forward to supporting more embodiment and more connection to natural rhythms in our society, our culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just talking to a colleague about how polarized a lot of the world seems these days and how to step back out of. Non dualistic thinking. Absolutely. Perhaps even away more from ego, we could call it, or the thing that we think drives us. And I do think that SE is a portal to that, the somatic nature of what is, and the vastness that unfolds in every given moment. If we just allow ourselves to drop in even in difficulty, there can be kind of a sense of wonderment, you know, of my feet on the ground, the sky above me, you know, perhaps not during an imminent crisis, but certainly after the kind eyes, you know, taking in those moments of kindness or warmth. But it's that what you said it's the, it's the felt sense. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, because I do so many intros to SE and I thought, wow, we could really explore something I've never talked about as much. It's really like that return to our roots as creatures on the planet. And I think that's one reason why so many of us are drawn to somatic experiencing is that it's biological You know, it connects right into evolution, to the ways that our bodies and our brains developed. And where did we develop? We developed in the earth. We developed in the environment with water and stone and earth and trees and flowers and plants and fellow creatures. You know, we are one. You know, that which is not us also defines us. So without one... You know, do we have the other? And then we can perceive, too. You know, we have this gift of consciousness where we can somehow amazingly have some conscious awareness and ability to describe what we think we perceive around us. So that's yet another wave, right, of sort of the an capacity to attend to our naturalness.
0: Mm-hmm. That's maybe not our challenge, maybe our fun today is maybe is perceiving, putting words to this this perception that we're, even for example, I'll take a small detour, but even resonance, even hearing you first, I've been exposed to it for several years now, but initially it was like I knew it, but I couldn't describe it and I couldn't respond to it if it's if you said for example at a training okay feel the field and I knew somewhere in me I knew what you were talking about and yet I couldn't access so words or a description so maybe I'm wondering about how it would look to name some of these things that we're perceiving
1: yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> I have an expert
0: here, so I feel like we can, I feel like there's a good possibility we could create something lovely together through that. Yeah.
1: Well, we have the, you know, all different ways, you know, we have the different ways of perceiving, but coming from maybe this idea of the conscious witness or the I. You know, one of the reliefs of SE in many ways is, or any kind of somatic process, embodiment process, is to drop underneath the conscious radar into the involuntary, into the rhythms of the body, not just the nervous system. I know we talked a little bit too earlier about rhythm, and this might be a a segue and then to return to consciousness in a little while But when I think of rhythm, and if I drop down into my awareness, I can feel all kinds of rhythms. Some is like music, like drums. Some is more like a creek. Some is more tidal, like an ocean. Some even can have density, you know, like syrup. Something that feels filled inside when we're really just... Moving fluid, <laughs> right. walk water around. <laughs> I like <being laughs> and all the other thing. things that are inside of us.
0: The creek and ocean, thumb. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> better than fluid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> well, yes. you know our fluid yes. rhythm, our our tidal rhythms, and we could think about you know the what is the rhythm of the earth? You know the the icebergs that crack. Mm. The transformation from ice to, you know, liquid form to vapor to the ocean that we originated from, from probably from comets from out in space, right? I was talking to a class recently and I was talking about the you know, we're all from the same stardust. Yeah.
0: that was the thing in college. I was in a. I used to be a teacher, so hearing um, a science, elementary ed science professor say, basically, yeah, we're made of the same material as stardust. I had been having a lot of trouble with um, spirituality, and so it it was like the, the factor that decided for me. Yes, there's something b- bigger than me absolutely if i'm made of stardust absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah you know that there's that you know the internal rhythm so consciousness could become attentive to the rhythm of the body or the the structures of the body too you know the bone is like stones or trees or the earth's crust mm-hmm. you know like you think of the grand canyon we have our our skin even really looks like the Grand Canyon when you see all of those, you know, microscopic, and then all of the creatures that live on us. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing! Hello, <laughs> little beesies, <little dee-dees. laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> little <beasties. laughs>
1: Thank you, oh. thank you, bacteria, for helping mm. me exist. <laughs> right, it's such
0: a different way to. look at the world talk about like a basic like a reframe it's such a different way and to be in my body to to even think that right
1: it's so fun yeah yeah i mean we're a walking ecosystem yeah each individual is a walking ecosystem and we came from those ecosystems that we reflect so we think of ourselves as you know living in a modern world which you know some Some people do. Some people have more connection to the rhythms of nature and the rhythms of Earth. But it still is in every level and layer of our being. And so in attending to these somatic experiences, that is something that roots me into my naturalness. And I think that 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 return to source is something you mentioned about religion. I think religions have a component of that, you know? And this is a practice, which is more than a practice. It's really a way of being and connecting us to that unfolding of the moment to moment, which really, again, every little thing is amazing. If you break it down, I mean, even I'm just looking at the wood on the desk here, I could just kind of feel it and stare at it for a really long time and appreciate it and think of its journey and how it got here and what it is to be in contact with it in this moment. So lots of those, what you call them, resources, right? But we have all, many opportunities to kind of reflect just on this fleeting gift of existence that we have
0: as you were saying that two things happened one I was getting just flooded with these images of like when you said moment to moment I just was picturing that the tide coming in at at a beach somewhere and just the waves moment to moment each wave different each each distance different and then the other thing that popped in was trauma (laughs) of course of um how trauma keeps us from accessing to a degree those moment to moment. But then I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of a time where a friend of mine um, killed himself in a long time ago. And he, I remember the only place I felt safe was outside Mm -hmm. next to flowers in particular, but something growing. And I wouldn't have been able to name that at the time, but looking back, I think, okay, so trauma, I was in survival mode for a long time in my life, and yet being outside provided at least a smidge of that. I can feel the moment a little bit right now.
1: Yeah. And it's true for many people that nature is one of those places that connects to, I'd call it an inherent rhythm. Because yeah. that's part of where we, we came from. That's, the, that's our origin story, right? <laughs> so if we, we look for some kind of, I mean, flowers, right? There's some sort of hope of renewal, connection to beauty,
0: yes, right? yep. the
1: metaphor of the earth, which is also us. And the, the thing that, you know, SE really helps us to move out of that stuck survival physiology and dissociation yeah. so that we do have kind of a capacity to sense the intrinsic rhythm or that it in intrinsic rhythm increases on its own it'll reinstate itself and then we will be able to find ourselves in these this expansion contraction right or in the the, the different stages of water or you could look at i was thinking of fire You know, Mm -hmm. like moment to moment, watching the fire, but we have that combustion, and then look at it as even a metaphor of of destruction or that you know breaking thing, the breaking down of things, Mm -hmm. and then what do the ashes become? The ashes become part of the fertilizer of the earth, and so we may be even in difficult experiences. Right? SE doesn't take away difficulty or pain or suffering, but it does connect us that there are, are small cycles and larger cycles. You know, I, I recently taught a class on Eye of the Needle in Near Death Experience. It was such an honor as Peter Levine's first legacy faculty taught class in the world so he has entrusted us to begin to teach his expert level classes so what an honor and 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 just a real sense of carrying him and and the work forward and on one of the days i guess it was day four i was so tired at the end of the day i i just wanted to go back into my room and just be quiet and settle and I realized that it was a larger level of tired because, you know, I had had my ups and downs in the day. You have sort of like an activation and settling cycle from waking up and then going to sleep. I had prepared seven days before because I had another training I was teaching in Bozeman. I would packed all of my bags for this training and had been working on the slides. But even prior to that, you know, four years before that, Peter had announced that legacy faculty would be teaching for him. And so it almost felt like like the, the, there's this larger wave of kind of whether it was a completion or a coming together or a holding of potentiality. Right now this is this I would call a positive stress or not sometimes stress but you know engagement. We could look at that too. But we have all of these larger waves and smaller waves and But learning how to pay attention to that, because I could have overridden that wave and gone out to dinner with my colleagues. And then there would have been something, you know, I think that that really would have impeded my ability to be present. So how do we we look at the elements, right? Pay attention to these elemental waves, (laughs) going back to really? nature. Yeah. You know, of of oh do I listen? Oh, I kind of feel like I need to be the mountain right now. You know, I'm not the water, I'm not the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm not wood. I just well maybe wood blowing in the breeze.
0: That yeah. feels good.
1: Maybe some bamboo. Yeah. But I need to just be still. What is the stillness of the mountain feel like?
0: There's so many thoughts that I love about that. One of them, so one of the things I have written above, I take some notes so that I can remember what I want to talk about and they're kind of everywhere, kind of like my brain. So they're up there over here, but provenance, the origin or earliest known history of something. And we could definitely tie this to nature in the way of even something like a mudslide. The slow building before the actual slide, or I keep picturing rock or a rock fall, you know, how it builds so slowly until that fall. And not that there has to be a big cataclysmic (laughs) fall or anything connected to this, but when you talk about four years earlier and the provenance of what you just, I don't know if completed, like you said, is the right, but that moment of, oh, here it is. The wave of that has moved moved through somehow.
1: Yeah. And we have that with a trauma arc too. There's been really difficult, traumatic experiences in my life that have taken years of or successive waves mm-hmm. of reorganization or coming to a new place or a new piece. I, I, you know, the, the landslide... I grew up in Southern California, so we had a lot of these mudslides. But as that happens, of course, you get the immediate destruction, or there's that feeling of the destruction. And then the landscape has changed, and there may be suffering or feeling buried alive, or right. But over time, and I think also in this moment to moment, working with all the elements of SE, if you keep paying attention to the landscape, what happens is that then the new seeds get stirred up and you have the successive movement of the ecosystem, right? So even when you make a road, right, you have those, those first plants that come up when the land is barren or after a fire. We have a lot of plants in Southern California that are need scarification is the word. So they actually need fire in order to regenerate. So those seeds won't burst open until they have fire. And so there's there's many of these plants that come up and before where it was, you know, dense chaparral or manzanita where nice. nothing else could grow, you then have meadows and you have flowers. And then in time you have the trees that grow around there and then you have more of the dense shrub. And so there's cycles, right, that that emerge from every transformation. And I do think that that feeling, it's like the earth that moves through time as we are with these arcs within our own nature. yeah And really watching that. And I guess in SE, we we also try to pay attention to the small changes, like the small, oh, look, there's a sapling. Oh, look over there, there's a new flower. We haven't seen that flower before. There's still a lot that's beginning to grow but what is happening?
0: Reminds me of your uh, slightly better. Does something help you feel slightly better? Seeing the sapling in this devastated landscape perhaps creates a sense of, oh, I feel slightly better. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it all. I want to go back to something that really struck me because I keep in my mind going from the micro to the macro and to the macro to the micro, (laughs) like what we're talking about, you know, the global or the universal and then the um, personal, Uh, you said Essie doesn't take away. You didn't use the word pain. I'm not remembering what word you used, but the word I wrote down was pain. Maybe you did use pain, but it doesn't take it away. And I think that is the most hopeful part of it. Oddly. Because we can't, I you know, I've tried, I've tried to avoid pain. I've tried to stay really small and really safe, what I thought was safe, and pain found me anyway. And so to really recognize that the goal or the mission is, is not that. In fact, it's to live a full, vital life and whatever comes with it. I can speak to... Something I think it was with Guy McPherson, where you talked about moving to Bozeman with your family and the high, the charge of out of nature, and how that charge is is adventure and a good thing. But anyway, anything you want to say about that that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, part of my journey has been very much rooted in nature through much of my life and that is really one of the threads that drew me to somatic experiencing work was this feeling of yes of course we're animals too and in that level of the involuntary and the level of of our deeper inner nature we have all of these responses that happen before our consciousness even knows it yes so when we talk about you know how animals can protect and defend themselves and how we have physiological and neural networks that are operating in the same way and then this idea that the, the conscious awareness we're back to consciousness how it can interrupt those natural cycles because can't you feel how technology it interrupts our natural cycles constantly. I am very happy for our modern world. I, I, I could not live in Montana and not be in a heated house. Or let's say I could, but I wouldn't want to. Right? It's right. really cold here for a really long time. <laughs> and respect, right? Respect to people who lived in so many different environments without right, many right. of these kinds of creature comforts that that some people in the world have and yet there's a severing. And I think there is a sort of a a longing towards naturalness. Even if some people don't like nature, I have some friends who don't like nature, but they're still responding, nature responds through them. right? It was like when I gave birth to all of our children, I had this feeling like nature moved through me. Like I had no choice.
0: None. Oh,
1: and I'm getting bigger and I'm bigger and this baby's gonna come out. <laughs> yes. And it's, I just have to surrender yes. Yes. to the evolutionary biological wisdom that is moving through me. Yes. And it was, it was such a sense of, of awe and amazement to be able to bring a life into the world or lives into the world. And it was so humbling. Because yes. even I was like, don't no, take it back. <laughs> like, that <wasn't> gonna happen, <laughs> Or, you know, okay, I, I need a break. I need a break. Just, I just want to do this or that. <laughs> it's that feeling. And that's that, I think that's that deeper, that deeper sense that I get. And it, it's, it's a feeling of peace. You know, my colleague and I were talking about SE kind of like beyond trauma is if you do the work, there's something about S- the work where, we can find some levels of inner peace and that's within ourselves in a moment, even when there's strife and difficulty that's going on or with another trusted loving a pet or a person, Mm -hmm. an animal or uh, somewhere in nature where there is this sense of gratefulness for a moment. It could be a fleeting moment but but when we inhabit it like you were talking about that resonance right when i spoke of my daughter and i could see that i was resonating with you when you spoke of your daughter and the daffodils i see that in my mind and i feel you know waves and openness and softening and tingling and fluffy flowy right, right? leafy <laughs> Ooh, it, could, it could go on and on <laughs> it's, duffy. it's duffy it's kind of like that feeling in the woods when you when you're walking and the and the ground is a little bit squishy and you can smell the pine needles that's kind of how it feels inside.
0: Love it. I love your ability to describe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, but all of that I think is part of the gift. you know can we all find some more places out of polarization, out of ego? out of i don't know those things that we think define us into some pure moments of being and and what a gift you know just to even for some moments to allow that that beingness to be a part of us
0: i think and you can probably imagine relate but being here in idaho i think as you speak of this i think of people I care very much about that love the outdoors and and nature. And it doesn't matter what our thoughts on different controversial issues might be. We do share that. We share that in common. And it, it kind of brings us to a core piece of ourselves. And not that we speak of this necessarily, but as you and I are talking, that's what's coming to mind is... It takes away that polarization to a degree.
1: It makes me think a lot about you know early human societies. So mm-hmm. we can spiral back for a moment in time. And we were discussing pre-podcasts a little bit about the universal nature of this work. And we all come from earth-based wisdom. All of the, the archie-humans and and early humans had some kind of organization, whether it was a spirituality or um, concepts around the origin stories or sacred the sacred nature of things. And the earth is tied to that as our social groups, social groupings, we are social mammals and so when we look at the concept through a polyvagal lens of the ventral vagal, right? So, so what is beyond trauma when we're in heightened fight, appeasement, flight, freeze? Then, and sometimes we do need to be in those states. But as we work collectively for people to have a range of capacity, everyone to have a range of capacity, yes. then we look across and we say, who are you what's your name what are you interested in yes. and that you can find those deep commonalities yes. that are are human right that we all share and then we build from there and i think that there is that feeling when you're out in nature because nature also is a challenge right it it can be an adverse environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we need to come together or you know, whenever there was a big, huge snowstorm that came through here and a lot of property got destroyed. Our our neighbors had a full-size trampoline in their yard. It blew away. Oh, my gosh. And we ha- nobody's found it. <laughs> it like blew. We have no idea. We've, I'm like, where's the trampoline? I'm looking, you know, driving miles around. Haven't found the trampoline. So. That was during a snowstorm. Yeah. It was just, it was a, it was a lot of high winds and just Mm. blowing. It was, it was really intense. I thought the roof was going to blow off. Yeah, It was powerful. We had a whole bunch of stuff got knocked over, but afterwards people were walking around the neighborhood and returning pillows. And, you know, there's pictures (laughs) of this blew away. There's a couple of soccer balls that just appeared (laughs) down on the bottom of the trail. I don't think they're ours, but there's this you know, checking in on one another. Are you okay? Yes. yes you know, yes, natural yes. disasters have that. Yes. That effect too. But when we all again come down to it, there's that ventral vagal capacity that we have, and to me in SE, that's very hopeful. Yes. Who is this person in front of me? Versus what are the projections that I have about that person based on whatever assumptions, who whatever category I, I might place them in, right? And we all have biases. The amygdala is designed to have biases, in a sense. So it'll categorize based on prior experience, and all of that fits into you know right. cultural constructs and so on and so forth. But we catch the amygdala. We go, "Oh, hello, amygdala, you're firing." But who's the person in front of me? Yes. Oh my and gosh. Yes. What is my curiosity? And 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 once you start talking in an embodied way. Hmm that's where I think that we have the capacity to have deep, deep healing through this kind of work. I agree 100%. And I think of a story of
0: being at a training with you where maybe we were talking about a character structure. I'm going to be really general here, but we were talking about a character structure and hearing how you shared, for example, maybe the background of why someone might have a character structure like that. And it was so forgiving and wise. And then it took away this bi- possibly bias, or it could have just be re- reactionary kind of fight or some sort of trigger. Anyway, yeah, having the capacity to be embodied, to hold my biases my past, and then see someone in the present moment. It's like, I've heard Diane Poole Heller say something about uh, wanting to do, have a relationship revolution, right? With attachment. And I was thinking what, there's some sort of uh, phrasing we could probably come up with (laughs) for this, seeing one another for the truth of who we are.
1: Well, maybe it's a return to source.
0: I am glad you brought that up. Let's go there.
1: (laughs) Well, in a return to interconnected communities that rely on one another. And it's, again, I'm thinking back to all of different humanities expressions, beautiful expressions of our uniqueness and yet we come from this you know, singular source. So if we sense back, right? And we sense back into the earth and the rhythms from which we all have, I believe we can connect from that place. And that takes some kind of practice of embodiment. It does take some work as we're talking about some of the elements of SE that help us to become more ventral. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been reflecting a lot about that uh, especially here in Montana, I'm a I'm a child of the desert. I grew up in West Africa and Southern California. <laughs> so, uh, but now I'm I'm I have children of the mountains, yeah. oh, right okay. here in Montana, and they know the lakes and the streams and the snow and the and the big forests, right? And yet we understand one another, even though some of our natural rhythms are different. In that.
0: I'm curious about the being a child of the desert. What <laughs> rhythms do you connect with that? Because I'm probably more of the mountain child.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, perhaps in my inner nature, it's the like the feeling of drought mm. and dryness mm-hmm. and the element of fire and regeneration that comes there's this kind of like pulling in quality which is very different from the snow you know the wet snow the moisture that falls and falls and builds and you know snow has so many different surfaces just Mm -hmm. like mud you know you can have thousands of different i actually i i love going around with my bare feet in like muddy areas and feeling the different You know, there's like the the wet mud that's really slick and smooth. There's the harder mud that you step on that has a bit of a crust and then you fall down. Right. pudding, right? right? (laughs) You know, there's some that has a little shale in it. There's some that's kind of more gooey. That's
0: the one I'm thinking of, yeah.
1: Yeah. But there's all kinds of mud. There's all kinds of snow, too, right? Yes, right. But our kids, they're like like seals in the snow. You know, they put on their snowsuits and they're in the snow, and they're, they can just f- lay down in it and wiggle in it. And so I yeah. sense in a way they have this sort of, I imagine when they connect to nature, there's a different felt sense of drought. You know, when you get that feeling of burrowing in the snow, it's cold, but it's warm on the inside. And you have this kind of, there's a way you can play with snow. You can you can move it, you can shift it, you can build it, you can throw it, you can, there's some kind of shaping quality, like it shapes you and you shape it. The shaping of our environments is something that is in our natural rhythms, I think, and sense of self. That's
0: fascinating because when I think of drought, I, I did grow up, I lived for like 12 years in Fresno, California, and it drought was a a huge concern in the whatever 80s so i didn't grow up in the desert but drought i know drought and i was thinking as opposed to something like the snow being something you can shape and hold and and see and experience drought's like the absence of all of that it's such a it is such a different feeling as you're kind of elaborating it's fascinating Want to spend time with that (laughs) later?
1: Well, and here as we're talking to all of our SE colleagues and friends and and inspirations. Yes. Thank you, SE community and Allie. Yes. (laughs) You know, can we bring the metaphor of the earth more forward in our descriptions of self? You know, you can ask people for an image of a landscape. What does your inner landscape feel like today? Or maybe as someone is talking about the trauma and it feels like they're sucked dry, it's like, yes. yes, there's the drought. Do you have an image of that? Or what's your relationship to drought? You know, Or how have our ancestors survived drought?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's the ancestral trauma and the ancestral wisdom that we all carry. Mm-hmm. So it can be interesting to kind of pull out a little bit of this sort of, moment to moment sensation tracking to that more global feeling that universal which sometimes can help people make sense of things or stay with the feeling long enough for the thing that needs to happen to happen right to allow that that, the movement to occur
0: right
1: um so that's that's another thing you know we have the biorhythms and connection to tide our inner tides you know we come from the ocean all the our oceanic movements and our pull with the sun that or the moon i should say mm-hmm. the celestial but holding that is there's something that's very restorative yeah and so i'm bringing my arms wide you can't see me but my arms are yeah. coming wide like an earth and so we have the larger holding of the individual and a lot of the, you know, eco-psychology, many people in our our community are eco-psychologists or Mm eco-therapists. Yeah, right. Even equine therapists, you know, people who work with the rhythm of the animals. Right. That is that connection to source, right? A direct connection into source.
0: So can we talk about that? Because I want to be sensitive to our time and we're coming up on an hour But I want to be sure to maybe go into the return to source directly. So what you think of, maybe for yourself, for the world, whatever, returning to source and what it means to you.
1: So I'm pausing because there's so many layers. So sometimes I look at that, you know, we could call it, beyond trauma right yeah yeah yeah. so once we we move through some of the journey or let's say trauma it's not even beyond trauma because trauma still occurs and can occur and will occur Mm -hmm. but it's beyond being traumatized by the trauma Mm -hmm. you know and again Mm -hmm. this isn't acute it's it can be the, the, all of that that surround us or those, the, the moments where we experience that really you know challenges difficulties. And then we have this capacity, I think I think that people have an inner nature. Like I've been wanting to do some work on what I call the essential self and create a workshop on returning to the essential self. Because as I've found with Essie in my own journey and so many others that I've worked with all over the world, cross-culturally, is that they connect to something that is uniquely theirs. You know, like, Ali, here you are. You're doing a podcast. Yes. And we find, okay, there's a creative part of me or there's the heart that could never be destroyed, that is indestructible. Yes. That loves no matter what. Or it's the or the part of me that can be discerning. Or Mm -hmm. I am I am someone who can have boundaries. I'm someone who has a capacity for whatever it is. You know, some people will find different career paths that connect to something that's meaningful for them. They'll follow it and they'll engage in it and it, it then returns something nourishing back to them because they're they're doing something, even if it's taking more pleasure outside of work, not everyone can have a job that's fulfilling, right? Outside of work to work in the garden or when they're when they're cooking or when they're reading or it's something that reflects some sort of essential source. So that's a source. And then we're talking about a few other levels of source. I think it's the source of community Our mammalian nature to see who's in front of us and to to have attunement with peoples of all different cultures and backgrounds and affect synchrony and Mm -hmm. exchange and hopefully you know growth, including in our vast differences. You know, just being patient and learning with from one another including having boundaries and disagreements and then we have you know this other layer that we're talking about which is kind of back to that archie human you know we all have a nervous system we all have a kind of a similar evolutionary arc and we can lean into that in our desire to connect or in our healing of our world and our differences i think if i see you Right, you're a mother, right? We have a connection. Yeah, right. I see you, you have a beating heart. I feel my beating heart. You put your hand on your heart and go boom, 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 Mm boom. I put my hand on my heart and go boom, 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 boom. Right, or we come together, we play some music, or we dance Mm -hmm. underneath the words, and we smile with one another right? Or all those magical airplane conversations people have, or tra- on traveling with someone who might be very different from you. In those moments, you might open up to a stranger. But there's something that it's like, it's like, that's a source too. And then we go even back into nature, the rhythms of nature from which, you know, an- our animal nature, our kinship to the animals, we could look at that as source,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. right? What, yes. what is the gift of the animal that appears for you yeah <laughs> what is the meaning for you with the crow or the magpie or the the moose or the horse or the the dog or the wolf and there are there's something that can be deeply healing to move away from sort of this the human mind and they can be really? our teachers and then we have the whole earth source we talked about you know mud and stone and the elements carbon molecules yeah. <laughs> right 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 dust right <laughs> the big bang let's let's go for it here right right, right. all universe. of
0: it <laughs> oh my gosh it, the, the elements well I was I really can I can not taste them but like stone and when you're talking about these earthly elements I get really my senses get it's like I find a sixth or seventh or eighth sense that I didn't know I had. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. I like the layers of returning to source because I think that's exactly right. It's it's like, so the Paul McLean uh, triune brain model. I'm thinking of that and I'm thinking about how, you know, over time we've learned more about how that works and and more the interconnectedness if, of, of layers. I don't know if that works for your... Um, neuro knowledge but the point of it is of why I'm even bringing that in is I'm thinking of that's how this feels with the layers of source like there's layers but then there's this sort of um, like roots going through layers of soil or something like that that's the image that's coming for me so I'm really appreciating the the thread of source throughout those layers really connecting to a lot of things personally so I really am enjoying this so how would you like to spend the final moments anything you want you feel like we need to add or to wrap up or tie in
1: well first of all I wanted to thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and I'm very excited that you are exploring somatic experiencing with somatic experiencing students and practitioners around the world and really, you know, opening up, we call it sources of inspiration and interconnectedness, right? In the the depth of the healing work. So I just have so much gratitude and I've loved being here and exploring this vast concept. I thought we might end with just a moment that you and I could take together, and for all of the listeners, is let's just take a moment to think about an earth element that you feel connected to or you want to feel more connected to. And then imagine that And notice the sensations that you feel in your body as you think about this element or maybe just a natural image. And how is that meaningful for you? What is the gift or the calling of why you chose that? and the felt experience in in the here and now, in your face, your chest, your arms, your legs, belly. And how does it help or engage or challenge or what wakes up in the resonance? Ali, may I ask what you chose?
0: Absolutely. So it's not a short answer because it's me. A lot of years ago, maybe I was in my teenage years, maybe younger, but I had a dream about being in a river and moving through life. And sometimes I was underwater, like as if my life were the river. And I was moving through. And I think sometimes I would come up and I... I've never made much sense of that dream. There's been different possibilities, but the element was at first a stone. But then as I sat with it more, I'm like, oh, that's a river stone. And then I thought of, oh, the river. And river is such a powerful image in SE with our vortexes and everything. So it's got a lot of meaning in each layer. I remember you, I believe, have a dog named River. Yes. One of my very close friends in Brooklyn, he has a daughter named River. It just connects me to things that are very important to me. And oh, feelings. And I feel like how a river if you've done any rafting rapids if it sometimes it's so powerful and then sometimes you're bored because it's just kind of do to do, do and then you come across these rapids again and I'm like yeah that's not only me I really relate to that personally but it's life for me yeah yeah what what was yours if I can ask <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely you know you said it's life for you, I think it's it's life for all of us, and it's also the life inside of us, you know, because yeah. you pay attention, it's like I was at Costco with three kids. It actually went relatively well. However, at one point I felt the rapids inside of me, right? Because there was just there was just a moment of chaos. They were all doing different things and they were sort of squabbling and things were coming off of shelves, and I, I got <laughs> and I said, okay, everyone. My voice is calm, but my insides are not. And I really need us to take turns right now. I need each of you to take a turn in what you're sharing with me. And then I was able to, to settle down, right? the, the I, I calmed the inner rapids and then also... I was lucky that time they all helped me and they, I said, you're, you're turn number one, <laughs> turn number two, turn number, so, and th- that's just a, That's a, a kind of a silly example.
0: I love it though, yeah. Um, but,
1: but right, that's the life rhythm of it all.
0: Oh, right, 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 right.
1: And the inner, the inner world, my image, well, I, I first was moving towards an element, but. We're just getting the first signs of spring after the long snows. And one of the things that I I love is that on my birthday, which is in the fall, I plant bulbs. So that's my gift to myself. I plant bulbs every year. And I have a lot of tulips and daffodils that are sprouting right now, and just the very beginning of the tulips. And so I had this, the image of the stem, and it really just the stem and how they're hollow, They're green and then they have the chlorophyll inside, but they they have, you know, kind of an outer, but then they're kind of squishy on the inside and then they suck water up. So it was this feeling of this hollow stem green bringing water upward Mm
0: -hmm. into
1: something that's blooming and flowering. So that was my image. And the felt sense is sort of an upward movement and i've been really thinking about ways to you know seek nourishment seek places that inspire me seek relationships and places that are warm or promote and encourage growth but because there's there's so much that's happening all the time and we have so many choices at any given moment so there's something around that that's very personal for me that when i feel the opening in my my chest and and so this podcast was one of those places where i i could feel my inner tulip reaching out to meet you and all of you who are listening so again thank you so much for the wonderful conversation
0: that is okay i can't now i have to tell you my other dream and we you know i don't you don't need to say anything you just need, i just would like you to hear it because of what you described with the tulip i had a dream within the last year that i was um In my house, and I reached down through the layers of the floor and the subfloor into the earth, and I could pull something, I guess dirt, but I could pull earth from beneath the house through the layers up. And I was, I can't, I probably told my partner, I'm trying to think who I in my dream I told, but I was like, You guys, I can bring what's under what's in the earth and i can bring it up through wow. <laughs> like tulip <laughs>
1: <laughs> beautiful
0: still working on that one too but okay well i don't get to see you until october but i can live till then i'll, I'll find you on the internet <laughs> between now and then I've
1: got some more podcasts I've got a great one called sneaky powerful that you can listen to I was
0: thinking I'm like I don't love listening to my own voice but I might have to listen to this one because I'm like I'm gonna learn a lot from this (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah oh such a pleasure so much gratitude thank you have a beautiful day you're welcome Allie you too
1: and goodbye everyone yes
0: goodbye everyone out there Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Sneaky Powerful. If you'd like more information about Abby, you can find her on the internet at com. And of course, if you want more information about somatic experiencing, traumahealing.org is where you want to go online. And my website is sneakypowerful.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to connecting with you next time on Sneaky Powerful.